Today is the day that the Chaz, the Chop, whatever you want to call it, has officially died. The mayor, seemingly finding her spine, ordered the police to clear the protest camp out. And it came shortly after they actually shut up to her house and she got really, really angry. So we can see you know, we, can, we can see what these politicians really think, right? They don't mind when the protesters, the rioters and the extremists are destroying your neighborhood. But as soon as you go to their house, it's over. And we're seeing something really interesting right now across the country. Statues are actually being torn down, not by extremists anymore, but by the government. How is that? How is it? How is this happening? Right. There's in, in Richmond, Virginia, Stonewall Jackson's coming down. We have Christopher Columbus being removed in, in, in some parts. In some of these stories, the city council and lo- the local communities are saying, do not tear them down. But mayors and other executives are saying, we don't care. We're going to do it anyway. In Philadelphia, several locals showed up to defend a statue of Christopher Columbus. So the city basically said, mm, because of the violence, we're going to tear it down anyway. How does that make sense? In response to what appears to be a massive mainstream wave of support for Black Lives Matter, regular people are rising up and pushing these people out. But it also is many counter groups, and it can actually get a little scary because, look, extremists that want to counter Black Lives Matter will certainly come out and they'll counter protest as well. But for the most part, it looks like we're seeing some regular people, as well as many conservatives, standing up and saying no to the far left push. A couple, about a week or so ago, I did a segment uh, on the IRL podcast where I ranted saying people need to stand up for themselves. Some people asked what they could do. And I said, the only thing you really need to do right now and the best thing you could po- possibly do is just stand up for yourself and voice your opinion. Well, many people have taken it a little bit further than that by having peaceful protests and going out waving flags. Some of these end up as counter protests on both sides, where some groups will say defend or uh, you know defend the police then defund the police comes up and then there's clashes. And that's bad. We don't want that to happen. This could possibly escalate. But for the time being, I want to talk to you about regular people and counter protesters rising up to push back against what appears to be a pop, uh, the popular message. The reason is, you know, uh, there's a there's a viral photo going around of a soccer player standing up for the national anthem while all the other players kneel. It's interesting because only a few years ago it was inverted. All the players would stand and one player was kneeling. Now it seems like most people have just adopted this religion. They're literally getting on bent knee for this non-theistic religion known as intersectionalism. But some people are still standing defiant and saying no. And that's what I want to highlight today, because some of these people, just regular people, notably this first story. Now, of course, I mentioned the Chaz is gone, but this story went extremely viral. Man starts tearing down Seattle's chop zone, flipping tables and throwing barriers And this was just about a week ago. This guy was fed up, a regular person just saying no. And he took it a little bit further than I would, I guess. He shut up and actually flipped tables over. But it shows you that although you may, it may feel like you're the only one who thinks what you do, I I think this is not the case. I think most Americans do not like what's happening, do not support this. And we'll see how things play out. But the reason I feel this way is for one, we are now seeing the rise of counter protests. But also take a look at Hannity's ratings in the first quarter of, uh, of this year and Tucker Carlson's ratings in quarter two. At a time when cable TV news is supposed to be dying, Hannity and now Tucker Carlson have set, have made history, historical ratings records. Tucker Carlson getting around 4.33 million on average is the highest in cable TV history for a news program. What does that mean? Well, it means a lot of people are paying attention and tuning in, and a lot of them are in the key demographic. 
And I'm not saying this necessarily brag, but for me as well, my viewership is skyrocketing. It seems like many people are finally having enough of all of this insanity and they, they, they want to be active. They're engaged and they're paying attention. So let's get started and actually see what's going on. Before we do, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. There's a PO box if you want to send some stuff my way. But the best thing you can do, just share this video. I'm competing with all these big mainstream media networks that will tell you everyone thinks one way. And although Fox News, you know, Tucker Carlson uh, particularly is getting all these ratings, I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, and I'm sure many of you don't either, but he's just one channel. So although he's doing well, there are many, many, many other channels that have a counter narrative supporting all of this, and they dominate. If you want to help me and you think I do a good job sharing, the video really does help. But let's jump over to this story right here. Check this out. I'm going to show you a series of stories of what appear to be like regular people, counter protesters. First, photos. Back the blue rally in Fredericksburg. Hundreds of people turned out at Herkamp Park for the Black Back the Blue rally in Fredericksburg on June 28th. Demonstrators were escorted by a phalanx of bikers as they marched through downtown to the Fredericksburg Police Department on Cohen Boulevard. Take a look at this photo. It is not a one-sided issue. It is not just the far left in the mainstream media. There are many people who do not support what is happening. I wonder how many of these people will vote. I wonder how many of these people are remaining silent still because they're scared of violence and cancel culture. How many people are willing to stand up and be defiant to be the only person refusing to kneel for the national anthem? That's what I wonder. We can see photos like this. And I'm not, I'm not here to say that they're necessarily right or wrong, just to show that there are many people we got your six, they say to the police. Right now, police across this country are being demoralized. I think cops in smaller towns are doing a, a fairly good job. But we do have problems with the big city cops, notably the unconstitutional enforcement we saw when all these governors were saying, shut down your businesses and still are. While I can certainly respect trying to restrict COVID and the, and the spread and all that stuff, we have a constitution, man. And there are certain things you can or can't do. In fact, I saw one argument recently in my local community using the Nextdoor app, actually, where they're talking about New Jersey and Governor Murphy. In New Jersey, Murphy has, the governor has supported Black Lives Matter protests, and I believe he's actually joined them, but also told everyone else that you can't do certain things, weddings, funerals, schools, etc. Well, locals are complaining. How is it okay for you to go and protest and tell me what I can or can't do? Supporters of Murphy have said, well, listen, his explanation is that the First Amendment says, you know, you have a right to protest. But so, so he can't stop protests, but he can restrict, you know, people having other gatherings to slow the spread. The only issue is the First Amendment doesn't specify what you can assemble about. It just says the right to peaceably assemble shall not be infringed or something, something to that effect. The government shall, shall not make a law uh, infringing the right or, or, or whatever. The point is you have a right to peaceably assemble for whatever reason, peaceably, no, like, right? I, I, now, obviously, you can't break the law, but if you want to talk about your favorite, I don't know, a cartoon or comic book character, that is, as far as I can tell, protected, same as anything else. So we can see this here, but let me show you some videos. In this video that's going viral, Crips gang stops Antifa BLM looters from looting and kicks them out of Long Beach. Well, I can say you have a guy who is pushing these people and saying, say something, say something, and shoving them out. We can see regular people are standing up to these far left extremists. Now, this video is not recent. It's actually from earlier in the month. And this man, as far as I can tell, is not an actual crip. The true story is, as far as, 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 far as I know, is a regular guy who just lives there. And that's a bigger story. 
Now, of course, this account tweeted out that I was a Crip gang member just because wearing blue, I suppose. Maybe. I don't know. I don't see evidence to suggest that's the real the real case. But I think it's better to just say a local, a resident, a local individual is saying no and get out. And we have more stories like this. Check this one out. Patriots all over America are starting to stand up. This is a video which looks like uh, I believe it's from South Philadelphia, where people are yelling, this is not Seattle. Interesting. These guys, I don't believe are overtly political, but some of them do start chanting four more years and other people start chanting USA. They're saying, get this, get, get, get stuff out of here. You can't bring this to our neighborhood. I think what we saw in St. Louis with a couple with guns, I think what we're seeing here and all these things I've shown you is that regular people do not want this and will not stand for it. One of the scary things about the rise of the far left is that they seem to be unopposed and that because of this, it seems to be that most people agree with their new religious beliefs. They don't. But conservatives and regular people, moderates and actual many, actually many liberals aren't saying anything. So these big companies just say, OK, I guess it's something I brought up the other night. Right. If you have these these far left activists who have an email, uh, an email list and they send an email saying, hey, everybody, email Verizon and tell them to, to cancel their ads on Facebook. Verizon one day gets inundated with thousands of emails and they're like, wow, people must care about this. It's an illusion. It's a thousand activists or less, sometimes more. And if regular people aren't telling Verizon, stop, don't do this. Well, then, of course, these companies are just going to adhere to whatever the extremists want. And that's how you end up with extreme minority rule. Of course, this could backfire on the Democrats very, very to an extreme degree. You know, I look at these videos. Check this one out. Protesters rally to save NYC's Museum of Natural History's Teddy Roosevelt statue as de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo back its removal. This to me is nuts. Take a look at this story. Christopher Columbus statue removed outside Columbus City Hall. What? (laughs) What? It's your city hall. Your city is named Columbus. Why are you taking down the statue of the guy? Yeah, because fringe minority groups are vocal and loud. And that's all that politicians and corporations see. And so they allow it. That's why it's so important that people speak up and oppose this. I'm not talking about every single counter protester because some of them are really are, are kind of nasty people with stupid, stupid ideas. But uh, most Americans, you want to go out on the 4th of July? Let me tell you something right now. Look at my video from yesterday on this channel. The Democrats have besmirched the good name of the 4th of July. No culture, no society is perfect. You can look back in time and find everyone has done things wrong, which shows you that we're always improving ourselves. The core of cancel culture itself is targeting the past and destroying people. Well, now they're trying to literally cancel America, going back in time, pointing to the worst of the worst, ignoring all of our great accomplishments and then tearing it all down. The important thing I mentioned this before about Christopher Columbus 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, they say, right? That's hundreds of years apart from the founding fathers of this country or the birth of the United States. They're just lumping it all into the same bucket and they want to just erase everything and start over year zero. They want to just begin anew. Regular people like their history. They believe in what we've accomplished in this country, what we have fought for. Know this, if they erase the history of this country, they also erase the accomplishments of defeating the authoritarians, winning the Cold War, 
however you want to define it, actually defeating the fascists. So I can understand you got an issue with the history of people like Columbus. But destroying history makes very little sense. And you know what's interesting is that even Joe Biden actually agrees. He recently spoke out and said that, you know, take the Confederate statues down, I guess, put them in a museum, but the rest of them should stay, including Columbus. He's right. I respect it. Now, I certainly don't think he's going to win this argument because Biden doesn't come off as strong, but I agree. I don't see a reason for the Confederate statues to be up. That's my opinion. But I also don't think that people should take them down by force. And I certainly don't think that local governments, local mayors should ignore city council and just tear these things down. But that, that appears to be, you know, what we're actually seeing. But over here, protesters are, are actually rallying now to defend the Teddy Roosevelt statue. It's right here. You can see there's a Native American, there's a black man behind him. Uh, and that's what they, they mention. The city wants to get rid of it. Protesters are showing up to actually defend it. They say, Ellen V. Futter, the museum's president, told the publication that the removal was more about the statue's hierarchical composition than a reflection on Roosevelt. I'm not going to read into too much detail here. Detail here. Detail here. I just want to show you that regular people are rising up. But now I want to get to the, 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 the scary thing that I think we're seeing is briefly what I mentioned with Christopher Columbus, right? That the city just removes it. Was there a vote? Did the people speak up? Is this what the community actually wants? Or are we dealing with a fringe ideology infecting the minds of certain executives who are taking it upon themselves to remove things and no one is doing anything to stop it? It is not the, the, the way our country works, that you can just snap your fingers and determine what you want. Take a look at this story. Boise mayor condemns violence and intimidation at downtown rally, blames counter protesters for clashes. Boise police say they broke up multiple fights at the event, but did not make any arrests. The reason why this story is interesting, twofold. They say, in, I've, I've read a bunch of stories about what happened in Boise in the past couple of days. They say there were some, you know, pretty far right Nazi people there. Some pretty bad dudes flying some pretty nasty symbols. The question I have is they highlight this as, if, as, as though it, you know, uh, represents the entirety of the group. I don't believe that's fair to say, but I also don't know because I wasn't at the event. So I will just say outright, we, as well as everyone else, should condemn that fringe ideology and the symbols uh, that, you know, that, they, that, uh, that they represent. But we'd all, we should also point out the same thing for Antifa. When they wear you know, communist flag or Soviet flag masks and fly similar symbols, can we not condemn the same thing? We do. We, sh- we should. We need to. So yes, you will see extremists on all sides of this. And that shouldn't take away from what regular Americans are trying to say. In this story, however, I noticed something very, very interesting. The mayor spoke out against the counter protesters. Now, let me, let me read you what she said, and I'll tell you why I find it fascinating. Mayor McLean of Boise said, last night, our community witnessed and many of our residents experienced physical violence and intimidation by counter protesters during a Black Lives Matter protest at City Hall. Interesting that she would speak out, of, uh, out about, uh, uh, speak out against this. Now, I'm not going to speak to her as an individual. I'm just highlighting her, the direction for which she is pointing, because we just went through weeks of riots and looting and fires, just destruction and chaos and fear and terror. And what did we get? Democratic mayors and governors defending the riots. Now, not explicitly saying, hey, hey, great riots, but they called them peaceful protests. These protesters are peaceful. They must be protected. They cheered for them. They marched with them. And even though many of these people got violent, and even though we literally just saw a dude get arrested for attempted murder, in Provo, shooting a driver for seemingly no reason. 
They still come out and say the counter protesters are the bad guys. They were intimidating us. Well, I'd love to see mayors and politicians and anybody come out and claim that Antifa is intimidating regular Americans. They don't do it. No, instead, they actually agree with and say, tear down all the statues. Which brings me to the next story. This this photograph, which I find fascinating. Rachel Hill defends standing for the national anthem as the rest of the Chicago Red Stars kneeled. Wow. Look at this photo. She decided to stand up for what she believed in. She's still wearing a shirt that reads Black Lives Matter. I find it fascinating that you can actually support the idea that we need accountability for police and reform, but also defend the American flag and stand up for it and say no. It is shocking to me that we have now conflated disrespect for America, the 4th of July, what this country represents with calls for reform and civil rights. Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on. First of all, if you want to kneel for the flag, do it with my blessing. That's America, man. First Amendment. You want to kneel for it? Hey, man, you do your thing. I will humbly disagree with you. But I'll tell you this. I think you're wrong. I think the fact that you are kneeling for the flag simultaneously shows just how great that flag is. And so does burning it. It's almost ironic or paradoxical that in an act of defiance against symbols of this country, you are signifying just how truly great this country really is. Have you seen what's going on in Hong Kong recently? China is taking over. They passed new national security laws, and now they are cracking down on residents of Hong Kong. I can only imagine what these people must be going through. So my sympathies to them. And just by saying this, China has probably already banned me from the country. I've been very critical of China for a lot of reasons. But think about it. Right now, we're hearing reports that in China, I'm sorry, in Hong Kong, many of these activists and journalists are going silent, saying they can't talk anymore. They can't speak up because China is an authoritarian regime taking over. And think about, we have, think about what we have here in America. You have the right to desecrate the flag itself. I love it. 100% I love it. And I am critical of those, including Donald Trump, when he said, you know, we should have a law making it illegal or Candace Owens, who said something similar. No, we absolutely should not. We absolutely should not. Destroying the flag is the greatest symbol of the freedom that flag represents. And so while I would never do it because I truly respect the freedom represented by that flag, I look at the act of defiance with, I, with a smile on my face saying, you know, your defiance says to me, we really are living in one of the greatest countries, if not the greatest on the planet. With my family history, you know, uh, for, for most of you realize this, civil rights did not come easy and we won and things are better than they've ever been for everyone. And that's a fact. I think it's funny when people say we need to abolish poverty. And I'm like, poverty is relative. Do we want to raise the standard of living for everyone? Absolutely. And we will. And we will fight to do so. Civil rights. Absolutely. And we will continue to find new ways to accommodate people and expand civil rights like we've always done. We are a country of reform. And when I see these people kneel, I just chuckle to myself. I'm not mad about it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Colin Kaepernick, too. I don't like the guy. <laughs> I don't like the idea of disrespecting the flag, but I like what it represents. Isn't it amazing? But the reason I highlight this is that this woman was actually defying mainstream pop culture by just respecting the flag. And she, the backlash she received resulted in her having to issue a statement about it. She said, when I stood for the national anthem before the Chicago Red Stars most recent gang, This was a decision that did not come easily or without profound thought. Wow, are you kidding me? You know, when I was little, I was told that you don't got to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. You could sit down and not say it. 
because in school, they'd make us do it. Well, they wouldn't make you do it. Everyone would do it. So I would be like, I don't got to do it. And I would just sit down and nobody would say anything. Nobody cared. It was like a stupid childish act of defiance. Everybody would stand up, look at the flag and they'd say the Pledge of Allegiance. And then sometimes I'd be like, "Mm, I don't have to because I was told I didn't have to. No one said a thing to me. It is not hard at all for me to say the flag is awesome. The country is great. And I will I will stand for the national anthem and I will sing that song. It's a fun song to sing, by, by, by the way. To hear now that it, it, it was it was difficult for her to do this. I'm glad that she did. My tremendous respect to her for doing so. I believe her name is Rachel Hill. But why should it be this way? If we want to maintain the respect and dignity for that flag and the freedom it represents, then we want to allow people to either stand or kneel for it. She goes on to say, before the game, I was completely torn on what to do. I spoke with friends and family and teammates of all races, religions, and backgrounds with the hope of guidance. I chose to stand because of what the flag inherently means to my military family, members, and me. But I 100% support my peers. Remarkable. This is, this is one of the greatest messages I've heard so far. My tremendous respect to Rachel Hill, who decided to defend this country, but also support her, her teammates supporting Black Lives Matter. I love peaceful protest. When, when the Black Lives Matter protest started for George Floyd and people laid down with their hands behind their back on a bridge, I thought it was awesome. That's great. I do think it's cringy and I have concerns about the manipulation of many of these fringe fanatics who are, who are uh, you know, taking over in their authoritarianism. But I love the right to protest and freedom of religion. But now it seems like we might actually start losing this unless people stand up. And that was the point of this video. Maybe it's not the most pressing, breaking news ever. But I got to say, I am inspired by peaceful protest, whoever may protest for it. I am inspired by the people who would counter protest so long as they do it peacefully. And I will remind you, peaceful protest works. Violence doesn't. The reason why peaceful protesters are standing up in defiance of many of these far leftists is because of the violence they represent, the destruction and the damage. The reason why people in South Philly are showing up and say this ain't Seattle, why regular people are standing up is because of the violence of the far left. It has backfired on them. And now they will experience what happens when regular Americans say enough. Perhaps we are heading towards another tremendous Donald Trump victory. I can't tell you for sure. I don't know. But I want to I want to I want to stress the point I made about this woman standing up because to, 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 to see that someone had to contemplate, negotiate and speak, get advice over whether or not they should be standing for this flag to me is shocking. I think it's great if you want to protest it, but we should never feel scared to stand up for what we believe in. But we're getting there. And that is scary. I can only imagine. I can only hope that regular Americans today still love this country, respect it for what it is and understand why that flag is something truly great, why it represents really great things. And if that's true, and deep down people really do believe in America, then maybe we will see something profound on election day. But I got to be honest, the Republicans don't represent anything, in my opinion, and there's been a major backlash against them. Republicans are speaking up far and wide that they're fed up with the Republican Party. Conservative commentators are saying Republican leadership doesn't even make sense. That's an oxymoron. They, they, they both can't exist. So while you may be critical of the Democrats for literally getting on bent knee for the far left non-theistic religion of intersectionalism, and I'll be critical of the soccer players too, what do you have to vote for? I guess just Donald Trump, right? I have never been a big fan of the man in terms of politics. In terms of, uh, in terms of his comedy, you know, his entertainment, he's a funny guy. I can respect that. You got it. You got Look, if you've never seen a Trump rally, you don't understand. The dude is a comedian. He really, really is. 
He does stand up bits and they are funny. One of the things he said at the last rally is like, I ran, I ran for political, a public office one time and became president of the United States. And it's hilarious. It is. It's a joke. Of course, it's the one he ran for and he won. But the man knows what he's doing in terms of entertaining. But what is he doing beyond just the economy? Most people who voted for him, uh, uh, according to the polls, it, it seems, really respect him on the economy. And I've given, given, him, given him credit for that. But beyond that, what have we seen? Now, he's certainly taking actions against those who would desecrate statues. And he doesn't have the authority that the st- he doesn't have the authority over the states the way he may have claimed at one point. He doesn't. So there's not much else he can do. For now, it seems like Trump may be doing just enough to make people feel like he's fighting for them right now. But things are, are, are pretty chaotic. I can't imagine Joe Biden will be their choice. But the DNC is about a month and a half away, maybe a little bit longer. Maybe Joe Biden isn't the nominee in the end. Maybe it's Andrew Cuomo. And that's been speculated for a long time. Would people support him? I don't know. He seems kind of like a, a B player. Donald Trump's got that X factor, right? And he's got a hardcore base of support that will not flinch. Around 40% of, I believe, of this country will not flinch, or at least the voters. And that means Trump only needs to convince a small amount of people in key areas to actually win. I think Donald Trump winning can be good if he proves he's going to stand up against the fanaticism, the violence, and defend the rights granted to us, uh, um, well, our inalienable rights, but protected under the Constitution. But I'm not convinced he or the Republicans will, will do anything for the most part, at least for now. I guess we can only wait and see. The alternative, unfortunately, feels very, uh, very much so worse. At least for now, regular people are starting to speak up and stand up. And perhaps that means there is a larger base of support for this country than, than, you know, than for opposing it. But I guess we'll only, uh, we'll just have to wait and see as it is, right? That's what I say. As per usual, there's a lot that can happen from now until then. But hopefully what you've taken away from this is that it's not one-sided. There are people standing up and saying no to this, regardless of what you, you see from politicians and from the mainstream media and these major corporations. With the ratings explosion for people like Tucker Carlson and for channels like mine, there are people who are not necessarily conservative who are standing up and saying this is too much and we need something else. You can't keep doing this. I guess it will come to fruition, whatever comes in November, maybe sooner than that. The 4th of July is, is only a few days away, and I'll certainly be celebrating it. I guess we'll see, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m., youtube.com slash timcastnews, and I will see you all then. Well, it would seem that Mayor Jenny Durkin of Seattle has located her spine, issuing an executive order to have the police finally clear out the Chaz. You see, that's what you needed. They tried having, like, can, you know, cleanup crews, I guess, the other day, and the activists, rioters, whatever you want to call them just came back in, put everything back. It didn't work. Well, now the police are actually, as, as I'm recording this, sweeping through the area. It's all coming down. Finally. You'd think after multiple shootings and a couple people dead, they would have gotten the message. Apparently, it took five people being shot and actually more shootings than that for them to finally bring the police in. But I must tell you, the absurdity, the irony that is the Chaz is just so beyond parody. Okay. Do you know why they're finally issuing this order? Let me show you what they said. The Seattle Police Department made this statement. Due to ongoing violence and public safety issues in the East Precinct Cal Anderson Park area, Mayor Jenny Durkin has issued an executive order to vacate the area. 
Seattle police will be in the area this morning enforcing the mayor's order. Do you know what the ongoing violence they're referring to is? I'm going to tell you. You probably heard this because I, I talked about it the other day, but there was a vehicle that was shot up. A 16-year-old and 14-year-old were both hit. The 16-year-old died. The people who shot these uh, individuals was the Chaz security force. Let me just break it down for you. The city of Seattle has decided that the Chaz police firing on two black male teenagers, killing one, was a threat to public safety and are quite literally abolishing the Chaz because of Chaz police brutality. Now, I, I, I get it. Okay. The, the, the Chaz security force, they don't call them the police, but come on. The Chaz security people are their local police telling people what to do, when to do it, searching people, looking for criminals and thieves, telling people it's, it's the police. So Chaz sets up its own police force marching around with, with bigger guns than regular cops use. What were they thinking? What did they think was going to happen? Now you have a 16-year-old black male dead, killed by Chaz's security. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. That's police brutality. Can we get a defund the Chaz police? Can we get a, a Black Lives Matter for what happened here? You see, maybe these people are now going to realize that running a society is not so simple, that it's not like the cops are going around laughing about how they do want to just murder people. There are some cops. Some audio has been leaked. We've heard crazy people say crazy things, but y'all got to realize, man, serial killers and criminals and murderers exist and they want to infiltrate the system. They want to use this. They want to gain power and they're bad people. That's not most cops. That's not even like a fraction of a percent. It's a fraction of a fraction of a percent. Uh, people don't want to believe it, but that's just reality. So we, we have this story. Let, let me read you about what's going on in, in, in the chop. But we also have it in New York and New York City. I kid you not. These people just do not learn. If there is any group of people completely unable to learn, it's it's the Democratic Party. I'm sorry, man. And, and that's not a quote from me. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it has to do with free speech. And I think Glenn Greenwald said it. But listen, over in New York, they voted to strip a billion dollars from the NYPD. You think that's going to placate the, 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 the extremists? So they got an occupation going on in New York City. The police tried to clear it out. They clashed with the with the insurrectionists, whatever you want to call them, and the police lost. That's that's what I understand right now. The police ended up leaving because there's too many people. They weren't able to shut it down, and they they better. I mean, I hope I hope the NYPD learns from what's happening in Seattle or what what did happen in Seattle. But AOC is now saying, no, we're not talking about a billion dollars. We're talking about defunding the police. So there you go. Apparently, they never learned that these people aren't asking for a little morsel. They're not asking for a single slice of cake. It's like that. It's like that gag where what they, they, they point to the cheesecake and you're like, okay, so you cut a slice and then they take the whole rest of the cheesecake and leave you with a little slice. They're not asking for a little bit. They're asking for everything to be destroyed and shut down and closed. You see what happened in Provo the other day, two days ago, three days ago now? Some dude just ran up to a car and shot somebody. Just one of, one of these people. That's why I can't call them protesters, man. Because at a certain point, when you have this level of violence and extremism, you cannot just sit back and say, well, I didn't do it. I just formed the shield for someone else to do it. No, nah, it doesn't work that way. At a certain point, when you got an avalanche, we got to stop the avalanche. And if you're riding along with it, one of those snowflakes contributing, then you don't get to just feign your, like uh, ignorance or you don't get to pretend like you, you, you bear no responsibility. 
The only reason these things are happening is because the people are going out to form these massive groups and respecting what they call a diversity of tactics. Let me explain something to you. Diversity of tactics is something they say so that the extremists can be justified in taking extremist actions and no one will stop them. I'm not kidding. Uh, The easy way to explain it is you'll see a bunch of people happy and dancing in the street, you know, blocking traffic. And then you'll see someone else wearing all black smashing windows. And the people dancing in the street won't interfere because you have to respect the diversity of tactics, which basically means they have no plan at all. And it's just chaotic. But what it really means is these extremists have convinced the, the, the regular hippy dippy dancing people to do nothing while they take extreme action. So let me ask you, activists who would, you know, uh, in the Chaz, in New York, in these other cities that are engaging in this behavior, when the guy in Provo ran up to that car and just shot the driver and the driver was slowing down, had no idea the, the, the group was there. How was that? What, what tactic is that? What was your plan? Just, you know, kill somebody? Ah, okay. So I'll tell you what, if you sit by, I'll tell you, no, 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 I'll say this. Silence is consent. That's what you say, right? If you remain silent as your allies in this fight are killing people or trying to kill people, then you know what? You're consenting to it. You're allowing it to happen. At a certain point, you say enough and you walk away. Now, these people in New York, these people in Seattle are like, well, I didn't do it. It only exists because you form the framework for it to exist. If the people in Chess who are peaceful got up and walked away, the gun violence would have stopped a long time ago. So you can't pretend you bear no responsibility. So here's what's happening in Seattle right now from Como News. Seattle police were in the city's chop area Wednesday morning, ordering all protesters to clear the area after Jenny Durkin issued an executive order. At least 13 protesters have been arrested for failing to leave so far, Seattle police said. Anyone who remains in the area or returns to the area is subject to arrest. It's about time. I was watching a live stream just just before recording this. Officers gave the order to disperse the area at 5 a.m. and gave protesters eight minutes to comply, informing them they could safely exit the, uh, the, the reason to the south. A lot of chaos. You hear many voices, said Deborah Kilman, who was sleeping in a tent in the zone. But then I heard on the megaphone, it's either going to be the police or the National Guard. So that's when I started saying, OK, it's time to get up. Wow. They're actually talking about bringing the National Guard, huh? Well, let's read their official statement here from the city of Seattle. They say, Executive Order 202008 to provide the city department direction on a coordinated city response with respect to observed and reported life safety, public health, and property issues in and around the East Precinct at Cal and Cal Anderson Park. The purpose of the executive order is to direct departments to coordinate the city's response to observed and reported life safety. Okay, you said, you said that. Whereas the killing of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis has generated anger and outrage across the United States, resulting in mass demonstrations. And whereas the city supports the people's right to lawful assembly guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States of America and the Constitution of the state of Washington, due to the current state of emergency and the governor's stay home, uh, stay healthy order, the city was unable to issue a parade and or demonstration permits to groups who wish to lawfully assemble to voice their opinions. Whoa, 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 what? Excuse me, Mayor Durkin? We might have a summer of love. What do you mean? You are now trying to play the excuse that they didn't have a permit when you supported what they were doing? Disgusting, man. You know what? Look, I live in Seattle, but I I, I think the people of Seattle need to vote this person out. Hopefully that still remains a course of action for us in this country. 
that when you have bad leadership, you get rid of them. But I got to say, I am kind of worried. These, these people are going to get reelected. Seriously. What it was says, the city recognizes the parades and demonstrations will travel upon public streets, yada, yada. Whereas, is, is that it? Do they, they just, okay, here, is, there, is there more? So, th- so w- w- what's, 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 what's the order? What? To date, city departments have more than reasonably accommodated protesters by offering services and shelter. The city has spent weeks on voluntary efforts to urge people to leave Cal Anderson Park, given the emerging circumstances and recent shootings. And I think, I think they don't know how to actually uh, post messages. So I wonder if, uh, I guess, okay, whatever. Here we go. So it's multiple. I'm not going to read the whole thing. All right. But you, you, you get the point. I love how she's now trying to play this game like, well, we couldn't actually issue a permit. Shut up, dude. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this rolls out. Um, it, they're, they're currently clearing the park, like literally right now as I'm recording this video. So by the time you end up watching it, you might check and see that it's all been uh, completely wiped out. I got to be honest, though. They're saying that if you return to the area, you'll be arrested. What's to stop them from just making another one? Now, I think it's fair to say there's no coordination. So these activists have, or whatever, extremists, insurrectionists, I don't know, you call them whatever you want to call them. It's, 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 it's hard to just figure out what word there is you know, for, for what, they're, what, what they are. But uh, these people only took this area because of the protests and because of the police. Once the police left, they immediately ran in and set up barricades. There's no good, strong organization for the, for the larger crowd. Now, there is organization within the certain cells that have you know, planned these things out, right? But these groups are relatively small. They're not going to be able, in my opinion, to rally all of the dozens of people they would need to actually occupy another area. So this, this very well may be the end of Chaz. And I think the police are going to reclaim the department, which they're doing now. And then they're probably going to control the area, just arrest anybody who tries doing any of this stuff. I guess uh, I can say it's about time. But over in New York City, over in New York City is only just begun. New York City votes to cut $1 billion from the NYPD budget after cops clash with protesters outside City Hall Autonomous Zone for a seventh day, as demonstrators say the move is not enough. That's right. Getting rid of the billion dollars they asked for now isn't enough. You see how it works? All these activists come out and say, we want a defunding of the police. And they started protesting, making a demand to pull a billion dollars from a $6 billion budget. Now they've done it. Now the protesters are like, well, we want more now. Don't you get it? It'll never be enough. In Seattle, they were demanding 50% reduction in the Seattle PD. Now Seattle's much, much smaller than New York City. But I'll tell you what's the craziest thing about... uh, how policing works in New York is I think there's let's 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 estimate on the high end 40,000 NYPD personnel, including support staff. When it comes to active NYPD, I think there's only like 8,000, you know, that are that are out on the streets at any one moment. And it may, it may be a little bit more. I'm not entirely sure, but the numbers are around there, I think, because we we talked about this on the IRL podcast a, a little while ago. Think about what happens if 10,000 people show up and take an autonomous zone. They're not going to be able to get the police to come in and clear it out. It's just not going to happen. They can start making arrests. But if there's too many people and they put up barricades and they're fighting with cops, the cops can't do anything about it. What are you going to do? I mean, they can come with LRADs and stuff. But I'll tell you this, man, 20,000 people. You've got a city in New York with like the metro has like 13 million people. Manhattan Island alone is like 2.5 million. You get a tiny, tiny fraction of that, 20,000, and the police can't do anything about it. If they really want to occupy a space, an extreme minority can control the city because the police won't be able to do anything about it. So what do you do? National Guard, perhaps. But even then, you got too many people in New York, so you can't do anything about it. This is where things start getting dangerous and 
and crazy. Because I often talk about morality policing and morality, you know, uh, enforcement of law in general. So at like a higher level, governmental level. And what happens when the police are completely overwhelmed and there's literally nothing anyone can do? Well, then the only way to get rid of the mob is to placate them. And if they say, we want the NYPD completely disbanded and defunded, then what do you do? If 20,000 people can overwhelm the entire NYPD, if 30,000 would also overwhelm National Guard, what are they, they're going to have to come in with Insurrection Act military, and it's going to get brutal. It is going to get very brutal. I, I understand. As you scale things up in terms of law enforcement, you get better technology and equipment. But what happens if 50,000 people come out? It is, a, it, is a, it is an island of 2.5 million 2.5 million. If you have from all the different metros, even from other parts of the country showing up and flooding it, it would overwhelm. Now, of course, I'm not saying you'll ever actually get 50,000, but we've seen bigger protests than this. We absolutely have. So I've, I've actually gone to pro, uh, I've been in protests in New York where they had massive, massive protests down Broadway, and it was like 300,000 people. Mind you, most of these people are not fervent, zealous occupier types. They were just regular lefties who are like waving signs and then wanted to go home or go to Chipotle or something, have a burrito. They didn't want to lock, you know, arms together and barricade themselves in. But what happens if this ideology spreads? And it is. What happens when all these organizations and corporations start promoting this ideology? And what happens when these regular people do become activated to the far left and then do link arms? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you get massive amounts of people shutting things down. The point is, New York City will be placed between a rock and will be situated between a rock and a hard place where they're like, too many people, they're overwhelming our resources, what do we do? I mean, Occupy Wall Street, for instance, only a couple thousand people, mind you. And the police had a seriously difficult time shutting it down. They didn't know what to do because they were afraid of making it worse. And they did. And more people showed up and then there were massive protests. But typically it was only a couple thousand people and the police struggled to actually get rid of it. They eventually came in, surrounded the whole area and just wiped everything out, arrested tons of people. But people kept trying to come back and the protests persisted for like another month or two. I kid you not. Eventually, though, people started to leave. So it could just be a war of attrition and the police will always win that one out. But they could be overwhelmed in the short term. So here's what we have going on, right? We got some photos here of the clashes. And, 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 and actually, as I'm recording this as well, there are videos popping up of the police in New York clashing with the protesters or the insurrectionists, or even to call them. And I believe the NYPD retreated because you got a lot of people and they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. So you can see, look at this. They're refusing to allow. And here you go. Look at this. July 4th crossed out. And it says, what is it? It says uh, Juneteenth, 1865. What does this shirt say? Because I can't remember what it says. Because my people, what does it say? My something wasn't free until 17, 1776. I don't know. That, I don't know what it says. Anyway, the point is, these people have a fringe ideology. The Democrats are uh, have been bending the knee for the most part to these people instead of standing up to them. Now, of course, the NYPD is is run. You know, it's a Democrat city, but for the most part, at the top level, these politicians aren't telling them to stop, to shut up, to back off. So regular Americans have no choice. If the Democratic Party is going to keep entertaining things like crossing out July 4th, vandalizing justice and George Washington, well, then what do you think regular regular Americans are going to do? Do you think this wave of young people who don't have jobs, and I, I, I mean that not to be condescending because many of them lost their jobs, do you think they represent the, 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 the productive working class of this country? They don't. Let me explain something to you about a lot of the jobs in New York City. 
a lot of them are service jobs where I mean this with all due respect. You're mostly just providing a service to another person who also has a job providing a service, a service service sector economy. So what does New York City actually produce? Well, you do have large, I would say, coordinating intelligence hubs for major businesses. They have their headquarters, their offices, they do plannings and strategy, and then that goes out to their factories outside these areas. But this can all be done remotely now. So New York City is beginning to make a lot less sense as communications technology improves. A lot of the jobs in New York are nonsensical. I really do mean it. But that's coming from me who worked in media. I know people in New York City who are getting paid $50,000, $60,000 a year to write listicles. Like, uh, uh, you know, here's top 10 pictures of cats that did a backflip. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Could you imagine this? Could you imagine living in a suburb or a rural area and you work at a local diner and you make 12 bucks an hour on average with tips and these people in New York City get 50, 60K per year to just sit around. I don't know, maybe I'll write about uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie or something. I mean, that's probably a really old celebrity reference. I don't pay attention to that stuff. Or uh, what's the what's the new what's the new thing they're writing about? Shane Dawson, Shane Dawson <laughs> and, 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 his, and his YouTube channel. Could you imagine someone's job is to just gossip and they get paid double or triple what you get paid doing actual work? Think about the people who work in a rock quarry. I don't know how much people get paid working in a rock quarry or construction. I tell you this, man, there are people who get paid more than you in construction to literally write about Jake Paul and Shane Dawson. And this is one of the big problems we have. There are a ton of jobs where people are desperate to write garbled nonsense because they just have to write something. They're sitting around like, what do I write about? I don't know. Alex Jones, I guess. And then they write, "Ooh, Alex Jones. And, And there you go. And they get a million views and the views sell ads. And then regular people see those ads and go and buy stuff. And so it's becoming like this cycle of non-productivity. It's, it's just so weird. People who get paid tons of money to do basically nothing to buy things they don't need. <laughs> so that's New York for you. So maybe there's a, there's a net positive to everything we're seeing. huh? Maybe as this, you see this photo, people linking arms, maybe as cities become uncomfortable and expensive, and the, and the jobs can be done remotely. Nobody wants to live there anymore. You know, I'm looking at a lot of small towns because I'm definitely getting out of Jersey. And there are a lot of really small towns. And I've always had a, a fair, a, a, I've always had a bias against more rural areas because, you know, you don't want to have FOMO, the fear of missing out. But now I think I learned an important lesson having moved. I, li- I grew up in Chicago, you know, so it's not like I didn't grow up in a big city. I grew up in a big city and I had a good time. And I was always looking for more, something to do, people to hang out with things to accomplish. And I lived in New York for a few years. And then I realized, you know, you actually don't need to be in a city. It's, 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 it's a myth. It's, it's like this false idea people have and they want to live there, but you don't need to. So I left and I've slowly started moving further and further away. Now I'm basically in the suburbs. And now my next move is to go out into the middle of nowhere. What I've learned as I've been scouting out smaller towns, like really small towns of only a few hundred people or a few thousand people, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of fun stuff happening, a lot of stuff being built. And you don't need to live in a massive mega, you know, uh, metropolis, megatropolis, whatever, big city in order to accomplish things, especially with the internet. Maybe this is good for us. Maybe people start getting out of these overcrowded sour milk cities. I say that because I think New York smells like sour milk. Just it really does. I mean, especially in Manhattan, it's like you'll you'll be walking and all of a sudden you'll notice something like, you know, just draining down the street. and You'll be like, what is that? It smells like sour milk. 
really does. People are stacked on top of each other. They can't grow their own food. They're locked in cubicles. Doesn't that seem like a fun time? So I got out. Maybe that's what's going to happen from all of this chaos. People are just, the proximity is too much. They can't handle it. And they'll start moving out, spreading out. And we'll see, for one thing, cities are major hubs of pollution. And if people start moving out of cities and getting little smaller plots of land where they can actually grow their own food, maybe we can start seeing a real, a real legitimate culture shift, not this stupid historical culture revolution style stuff where they tear down statues, but an actual culture shift in things like instead of having grass, you grow food and vegetables. I, I, I tell you this, I'd be willing to bet a lot of these young people would be fulfilled if they just had a garden. Totally mean it. You go out in the backyard, you go in your front yard, wherever you're growing your vegetables, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like, look at that. I've got a pea pod. There's, there's, I could eat that. That's so cool. That's something you grew and you nurtured. That's your mission. That's your goal. These people don't have that. They live in concrete blocks stacked on top of each other where everything smells like sour milk. So they have no purpose. Their purpose is to go outside and screech about things they don't understand. They don't know why the police are funded to the tune they're funded. They don't even know what the police do. They don't know what happens in one police plaza. All they know is cop bad. All cops are bad. So they go out and they found their mission. Well, eventually people are going to get tired of it because there are people in cities who produce, who work, and they don't want to be bogged down by this and they have the opportunity to go somewhere else. Maybe that's what will happen. Maybe all this ends when people finally spread back out into rural areas and just stop living in these awful places. Maybe the police become defunded because they don't need them to be funded to the tune of $6 billion when many people actually leave the city. Maybe many of the cops leave, many of the police will leave the city, but I think this will leave the city in shambles. I think they need the taxes of these individuals to fund this city. And if they leave, buildings are going to start falling apart and collapsing. It's going to be an interesting uh, next 10 years. I'll tell you what, it's 2020. We'll see how things play out. But for now, it looks like we got an occupation in New York City. So we can think about the future. We can think about what people can or can't do. But for now, what is happening? The occupation in Chaz may be crushed. Finally, after five people got shot and the Chaz police killed a 16-year-old black male. Wow, that's horrifying, man. But maybe something will emerge in New York like we saw uh, 10 years ago, almost, almost 10, nine years ago with Occupy Wall Street. That seems to be what's happening now. It's very similar. Will it succeed? Will it accomplish anything? Honestly, I have no idea. I think actually it's going to make people vote for Donald Trump. I really do mean it. You see a lot of these people in, uh, there, there was a, there's a meme going around where I can't remember, uh, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but someone said, that's the face of a person who just realized they have to vote for Donald Trump. Oh, oh, I remember what it is now. There's, it's a video from Pittsburgh where some people pull up to their business and they put Black Lives Matter signs all over the window. This is being shared. I shared it on Facebook. It's being shared around right now. This guy gets out of his car and he has no idea. He walks up to his store, his, you know, his building and he looks around. And so he just pulls the sign down. And then all of a sudden, two guys start filming him, screaming at him, saying, why are you tearing our signs down? And he's like, oh, it's my building. And they're yelling at him, calling him a bigot because the signs say Black Lives Matter. And the guy's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Then some woman comes up and she's like, what's going on? It's our store. And they're yelling, screaming, bigots. They're calling her Karen. And, and the man and the woman are just standing there confused. And one of the comments was, that's the, look, that's the look of someone who just realized they're voting for Donald Trump. These are people who live in blue areas who are being hounded and harassed, and they're confused because they have no idea what you're protesting about. They don't, they don't, they, not everybody's paying attention. So what happens when you take a bunch of people who don't pay attention and you run to them and start screaming at them about your cause? They're going to be like, uh, well, I don't know. And don't be surprised when they vote for Donald Trump. Let me tell you, man. I have a, a lot of people don't want to believe it. A lot of these far leftists are like, Tim Pool's a conservative. Blah, blah. I tell you what, man, 
if you only knew what was happening behind the scenes, the messages I get from people, these are, I, I have so many people who are like liberals who message me. And this is one of the things that got me all riled up and triggered last week when I said, stand up for yourself, is that so many of the people who message me, many of them high profile and well-known and they're lefty. They don't, they don't engage in the social justice insanity, but they also don't speak up against it unless they're in private. Like, oh, I can't risk it. I'm like, no, you can risk it. Okay. If you're wealthy, if you're famous, if you're a celebrity and you're sitting back watching me and I appreciate the messages, but it's like, you have every opportunity to stand up and say, nope, not playing this game. Look, man, I respect, you know, people's civil rights, civil liberties. I don't like the police brutality, but this stuff is going too far. Okay. It's time for people to actually speak up for themselves. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, it looks like they got him. Now, this is preliminary. People are innocent until proven guilty, but an arrest has been made. Attempted aggravated murder, among many other charges, for a man who shot the driver of an SUV. Now, this guy has tried making some justifications for why he ran up to an SUV and shot the driver. But listen, this guy is now... um, I think officially confirmed, we can say the second Black Lives Matter extremist shooter, but there have been other shootings at other riots. The thing, the reason I'm I'm, I'm specifically mentioning just these two, the other one being Louisville, is because a lot of the shootings we saw during the riot, uh, during the riots could have been random looters, people we don't know. But I think it's fair to say uh, from an umbrella perspective, there have been many now Black Lives Matter identity extremists who have been shooting and injuring people, the cop who got ambushed, for instance. And we also have some news about the Boogaloo Boys. Apparently, Facebook is purging and taking down a bunch of uh, uh, Facebook pages pertaining to Boogaloo Boys. But here's, here's the first thing I want to highlight. I want to read you the story and, t- and show you what's going on with this guy. He's, he's being arrested now. Far left extremist shot the driver of an SUV. I've been talking about this quite a bit, but it looks like they may have caught the guy as well as arrested another woman. But I, I, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't help it. There is a thread on Reddit talking about the Boogaloo Boys and Civil War, and there are a lot of city people adamant that the cities will survive in the event of a full-on civil, you know, civil conflict. And it is shockingly insane, absolutely detached from reality. I want to show you what these people say. I want to talk about we're, we're seeing weird things happen, you know, just, just the rapid escalation. A lot of the things that have happened uh, recently, I could not have predicted would happen this fast, especially with this. I'm ta- listen, I'm just going to say it. Look, look, you want to talk about civil war, civil unrest. The people wanted to mock me and say, Tim, you're, you're, you're overhyping things. You're pessimistic. Maybe. And then we keep getting more and more stories. This guy, this, this SUV was driving down the street and these, these extremists tried blocking him. They're not protesters, man. They're not protesters. Okay. If you are out with a guy who just shot someone and you keep going, you are an extremist. All right. Let let, let me let me start over before I get ahead of myself. You see on the screen, this SUV was driving down the street, tried to turn and get away from the crowd. They ran up to block the car. A dude took out his gun and shot the driver. What happened next, according to witnesses and police, is that people just kept doing their thing. So what does that make you? Not a protester. If you are out, and somebody in your group draws a weapon and shoots on an innocent person who's driving their vehicle, and you just say, hi, oh, great, and you keep going about with that person, (laughs) you're a group of violent extremists. Now, this guy apparently has Facebook posts trying to justify, but that's what we're seeing. I could not have predicted this. You know, I thought things were going to get bad. I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. Come on. I mean this quite literally. 
I think it's fair to say we all knew something crazy was going to happen in 2020, but this is crazier than I've ever seen it, right? We got mass bannings, Facebook now, now banning all these different accounts, groups of people that are encouraging or calling for civil war. Now that's nuts. You, I'm telling you, man, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You really, you don't, you don't, you, these, look, a lot of these people, left, right, up, down, I don't care what your, what your position is. If you think you want this, you are wrong. And I encourage you to actually experience the world. What we do need is law and order. And maybe it's just wishful thinking, but a return to normalcy, real debate, rigorous debate, conversations, reform. Instead, you've got so many people just want to take it to the extreme end. And I feel like we fell off the cliff, right? I've been saying for a while that we are, we are on the edge. We are, we are on the precipice. We are facing, you know, looking down towards oblivion. Maybe we fell off the cliff. And that's something I've said in the past. And the reason why all this is happening so fast is that we're no longer rolling downhill. We just went boom, straight off the edge. And so now we're at terminal velocity. Could not be faster. So here's the story. And then let's talk about the sheer uh, absurdity these city folks seem to think. The cities, the cities, get out of the cities, man. Let me just tell you right now, get out of the cities. I'll, I'll leave it at that. We'll, 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 we'll read the stories. Let's just uh, read this news first. Fox 13 Salt Lake City says a man has been arrested in connection with a shooting during a protest Monday night in Provo. According to Provo Police, 33-year-old Jesse Taggart of Salt Lake City was arrested on charges of attempted aggravated murder, aggravated assault causing serious bodily injury, rioting, threatening use of a weapon in a fight or quarrel, criminal mischief, and firing a weapon near a highway. Police say Taggart shot the driver of an SUV on University Avenue as protesters crowded around the vehicle. The driver sustained a non-life-threatening gunshot wound. Taggart reportedly then fired another shot at the rear of the vehicle as it sped away from the scene. In addition, 27-year-old Samantha Darling of Ogden was arrested for obstruction of justice and rioting. Details on her role in the incident were not released. Police are still investigating Monday night's events and have asked anyone with information on individuals who damaged vehicles to contact Detective Nick Patterson. Innocent until proven guilty, I think it's fair to say. But according to Far Left Watch, this protest was organized on Facebook. Now, the reason why this is significant is that Facebook is now going to be meeting with a bunch of big corporate, a big, big nonprofits and activist groups to ban hate speech. Facebook has in the past banned right wing extremist groups. What about this? Will they now ban all far left Black Lives Matter defund the police or, or organizations or, uh, or, or event plannings? Probably not. And that's where things spiral out of control. You've got a, a tacit approval from these big tech platforms. They're not going to take this down. The Provo protest that resulted in the shooting was organized by, uh, on Facebook by Antifa. There it is. End police brutality, pro-blue counter-protest. I don't know what this means. Oh, I think this may, this, this may be the, uh, the other event. Uh, they say far-left extremists who have been ripping people from their cars and assaulting them have now escalated to shooting drivers. It is not a protest. It is an insurgency. So there was supposedly some counter protest. I don't know if this is if what uh, maybe what, what is this? Let me read it. Sometimes you have to pick up a gun to put the gun down. This is Malcolm X quote. The Salt Lake City Antifa Coalition included in their Facebook event for a protest at the Provo Police Department on June 29th. Additionally, they instructed the participants to wear all black, wear masks and wear protective eye gear. OK, I think they were coming to counter protest pro police individuals or whatever. I'm not 100 percent sure, but check this out. This is one of the big developments on social media. Facebook bans hundreds of profiles trying to incite second civil war in the U.S. Participants in the Boogaloo movement have been tied to several violent attacks over the past few months in the U.S. Yes, 
But I don't believe it's it's contextually accurate to say they're trying to incite second civil war. I would say it, there's a lot of groups that use boogaloo memes that just believe it's happening no matter what. That These are just people who think it's, it's going to happen. There are some people who want it to happen for sure, but that includes the left. And this is this is where things get get murky. Some of these boogaloo, there's a guy who's arrested for shooting two cops, I believe, killing one of them. And he wrote boog in blood or something. They say this guy was a right wing extremist. But let's, let's break it down for a second. Want civil war, hates cops. Who does that overlap with? Not conservatives and the right. It overlaps with Antifa and the far left. You can, you can argue there. I, I, don't, I, don't I don't know what you call them, man. I really, really don't. But if you, the, the, the Antifa people absolutely want conflict with government. And the Boogaloo, a lot of these Boogaloo boys or whatever you want to call them, have been down supporting many of these protests. So I don't think it's fair to call them right wing or whatever. And, and, and they're not necessarily doing it, but a lot of people are. I don't know how to explain who these people are other than anti-government. Black Lives Matter protests is anti-government too, right? Well, there you go. So it looks like you've got, I don't know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing going on. Let's read this and see what's happening. And then I want to show you some of the reactions from people who seem to think that they have, oh, it is mind numbing how stupid and arrogant these people are. And I'm going to tear into them. Sky News says Facebook has banned 315 accounts, which which it said belong to Boogaloo's. Participants in an extremist movement in the U.S. which believes a second civil war is inevitable or desirable. At least 10 individuals affiliated with the movement have been accused of serious crimes in the past year. They include a U.S. Air Force sergeant who is charged with murdering a police officer in California uh, using the George Floyd protest as cover. Facebook said the acts of real world violence and our investigations into them are what led us to identify and de- uh, designate this distinct network within the general movement. OK, great. OK, let's stop. What about Antifa? You going to ban Antifa now? What about the fact that this guy who, was, who shot the driver or the dude in Louisville who fired into a crowd killing a photographer were Black Lives Matter activists? You see how they run protection. They will not. Here's what they'll say. Well, you know, in that particular instance, those people were outliers. What about these? You had uh, a, a small handful of incidents with crazy people. And now you want to call them outliers you want to, or you want to ban the whole movement? They targeted this network. Okay, target the network of Antifa. They won't. And that's why things will get worse, because Facebook will not do it. They say the name comes from break into electric, break break into electric boogaloo. We get it. In the case of the boogaloo movement, the event is an American civil war. Participants have been present at multiple demonstrations uh, for, for George Floyd. The use of memes and the adoption of the Hawaiian floral print shirt is a tactic used by the far right to attract and recruit young men, according to analysts who study extremist movements. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's a meme. It's amorphous. It's just something that people find funny, and they do. This is what they, they don't, man, it's really hard to break these things down and try and explain to people when their mind is wrapped up in this ridiculous fake academic view of what's really going on. Why did people wave a certain flag, like, you know, the Kekistani flag or whatever? It's just a meme. It's just a meme. It is a symbol of tribe. That's the best way to put it. Why do these people have unicorns with guns or um, or a cookie monster or floral shirts? They're just memes. It's literally someone did something. Someone else thought it was funny and did it too. And then they put it on because it's a, a tribal signifier. That's it. You go to an event, you see someone with the flag and you're like, oh, it's like an igloo or something on, on a flag. I don't know. Something like that. 
Facebook to the network it prescribed was actively promoting violence. That's that's crazy, man. That's 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 nuts. I guess that I guess that'll be their excuse. Like, well, although there have been armed extremists who show up to these events and beat people and destroy property and have now been shooting at people and one instance killing somebody, they aren't calling for it. Yeah, this, this is another big issue that the that I mean, is actually arguably a good thing. The disorganization of the right. Right wing groups do not have the same organizational capacity as left wing groups in, in many ways. Right. Of course, there are certain right wing militias that are very, very organized, but they're not insurrectionists for the most part. When it comes to activism and extremism and riots, the left has been active in organizing for a long time. They have very, very clever tactics. One of the reasons you don't hear a lot about their extremism is they purposefully try to blunt their attacks so they can create death by a thousand cuts. It's kind of like if you have one moment of extreme terror, everybody hears about it and freaks out and overreacts. That's bad for whatever movement is engaging in it because the, the system becomes reactive to you and shores up its defenses. What Antifa does is more akin to death by a thousand cuts. The first blunt bludgeoning is not that shocking. So no one talks about it and no defenses are, are, are developed. So over time, you have the slow growth of the far left until they have critical mass and then they unleash not a single slice, but a thousand cuts to take the system down in a way that people won't realize it. So um, look, I, I think we get the point of this. They said Facebook removed 315 accounts. They were actively promoting this, whatever. They said so, uh, the company added it had previously removed over 800 posts linked to the Boogaloo movement, which is called for violence. So long as violent movements operate in the physical world, they will seek to exploit digital platforms, stated the company which is currently facing a boycott from advertisers who allege it is profiting by allowing such hate groups on its platforms. Yeah, like Antifa. But here we go, baby. First, violence, wrong, in my opinion, 100%. Um, we we, we want to strive for a society of nonviolence. They'll, they'll lie to you and tell you that violent, protest, violent actions are the only way. That's not true. Peaceful protest works. And that's why we are in, we are facing fourth generational warfare. There is no better example uh, or, or uh, exemplification of violence failing than fourth generational warfare. Fourth and fifth generational warfare, as it's described, is basically like subverting the hearts and minds and using amorphous unnamed groups, right? So in fourth generational warfare, you don't want an easily identifiable group. So you have Antifa. Antifa is not a thing, they say. It's subgroups that operate, you know, uh, through cells to push their ideology. When you get into, uh, when, when fourth and fifth starts blending, it's informational warfare. And the, and the point is, you actually lose support when violence erupts because regular people get scared by it. They, they aim to win. Uh, let, let, let me just make it much more simply, uh, make much more simple. Back in the day, in order to seize territory and control of resources, you had to take it by force. You'd walk up. People would be like, you know, no, live free or die or whatever. So then you'd get into a fight and, and sub, you know, and subdue your, your rivals. Today, you can get a group of people to hand over all their resources by just convincing them to do it through mass communications. One of the tactics is making your opponent look like evil, you know, violent thugs or whatever. And so regular people get scared and then beg for help. This is one of the things I've pointed out about my jokingly saying the Democrats want Trump to win or Antifa is helping Trump in that the more Antifa does these things and commits violence and looting and, you know, whatever, the more people will run to Trump because violence doesn't work. It's good for Donald Trump and the Republicans that Antifa acts a fool. It's bad. Well, I, I would say it's bad for Republicans or whatever, but the Boogaloo movement isn't right wing. 
So it doesn't really reflect on conservatives, especially when they say law and order locked these people up too. In fact, Bill Barr's task force announced they would go after Boogaloo Boys, same as Antifa. So in the end, the more people get violent, the more it hurts their own cause and bolsters the other side. And that may be the big, adva- big advantage of conservatives come November. But I want to jump over to Reddit because uh, I saw this on r slash news. Facebook bans hundreds of profiles trying to incite a second civil war. And I thought their comments were quite hilarious. How many of those accounts were Russian trolls and how many were their alt-right allies? It's getting difficult to tell the difference betwixt the two anymore. These people are very dumb. First of all, I'll address that first comment. The Boogaloo people were supporting the George Floyd protests. You daft moron. <laughs> okay, so no, not alt-right. Here's the, here's the next one. The Civil War was, start, uh, was started by the moneyed classes looking to preserve the slavery their wealth was based on. Without an S ton of money, you ain't getting a war. That's just wrong. Once again, I've said this over and over again. People's view of civil war is so hyper-focused on American history. They've never looked at other countries. Spain. Seriously, go look at the Spanish civil war, man. I've watched many a documentary talking about it and read many articles. I'm not gonna pretend to be an expert, but that's more akin to what we're seeing. It's to say the least. You're never going to see a one-for-one comparison. Technology changes, ideologies change, tactics change, warfare evolves into different generations. But people in America view the American Civil War as what Civil War is. And so they're like, I don't think there could be a Civil War because we wouldn't have any states fighting each other. And it's like, that has nothing to do with it. Go read history. They don't, but they sure do know. I'll tell you this. I don't know. I've read a ton and I'll, I will tell you, I am very full of doubt, but I see certain signs that I find interesting. Here's the next one. Now, this one I think might be actually be a little bit apt. For everyone poo-pooing the idea of widespread violence in the near future, I don't think you understand just how angry and primed people are leading up to these elections. When the claims of cheating, interference, and rigging start coming out, as both likely presidential candidates have already claimed the other side is going to do, I don't believe it will be outside the realm of, po- uh, outside of, the realm of possibility that there will be a wave of protesting, rioting, and violence across the country as things get chaotic in the wake of the November elections. The news agencies will spin it into furor, and no one is going to have a clear picture of what is truly going on, and people are liable to just react and lash out blindly. Completely agree. Very, very astute comment. I think they nail it. Both sides will accuse each other of cheating, and then chaos, complete chaos. See, what you got to understand about the Boogaloo people is that they think it's inevitable. They're not saying, not, not every single one of these people on Facebook is saying they want it to happen. Many are. But many of them just believe it'll happen no matter what. And now you're seeing calls from people to accelerate things. Man, have we gone off the clip? Are we just approaching terminal velocity? I hope not. But I fear we are. Now, the, now listen, the Boogaloo thing is one of the stupidest things ever. You mean to tell me that these leftists also don't believe there's a civil war coming? They're literally calling it a revolution. There is not some, there's not one specific far right group saying this. Everybody in the political space has been saying it. Even comedians like Bill Maher has been saying it. So what do you think when you get all of these people, professors, comedians, activists, regular people on the left and the right, all saying they think something inevitable is is coming? What do you expect, man? Now, I love this. Here we go. This one says, as a nation, we'll never be considered better than the worst of us. It's time to clean up house on these violent bigots. You're either for America or you'll be labored, labeled a danger to it. These people are just so dumb. 
They don't read. They have no idea what they're talking about, but they love to speak up. And that's fine. That is America, right? Go for it. But let me tell you, Donald Trump is the duly elected president. He has been facing accusations of cheating, of foreign collusion from the Democrats the entire time he's been president. They went through three years of investigating whether or not he was a secret agent of Russia. They have been claiming outright Trump is not America. And me on the other side, Trump is claiming Obamagate. Obama spied, Obama cheated, subverted the election. It doesn't matter where you fall. What matters is that both sides at the highest levels of government are accusing the other side of subverting America of treason. Now, of course, the Democrats are a bit more muffled in this, like Obama and stuff. Now, the high profile Democrats and intelligence officials have accused Trump of the worst of the worst. Trump is outright said over and over again, like treason and stuff like that, and like criminal. And we'll see how that plays out. Here's one. Why don't we just cut the coastal cities off and let the red states do whatever they want? I'm sure they will be very successful slash S sarcasm. Why just the coastal cities? In almost every state, the big cities subsidize the rural areas who have their hands out while complaining about the big cities. Very, very amazing. And they go on to basically talk about most of these farms are actually just exporting food and the big cities are importing their food. We don't need the red states. Okay. I tell you what, man, these people really don't understand anything about their country. It would take only a small handful of people to shut down interstate highways to to, to, to end the, 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 the truck routes, small handful, small. You need law enforcement agencies to maintain this, to maintain law and order. But I tell you, if you've never driven across the country, you realize large stretches of our country are just a, it's a two lane highway on both sides. So you got two lanes going one way to the other with, with passing lane and you know, your right lane or whatever. How easy would it be for, for just one, one person to shut down one lane, two people to shut down. It's extremely, extremely dangerous. Okay. Now, these people who live in cities seem to think that cramming maximum population density, like 30,000 people per square mile, some ridiculous uh, amount of people, they seem to think that they can bring in enough food and water for all of these people if they cut the cities off. Somebody made a really funny comment. This is always such an S take for some reason gets upvoted on this website. If you truly think that big cities uh, could last in this country without the rural areas, well, you are sadly mistaken. Let's see how New York City does when they have no water because the bulk of their water comes from 100 miles north of the city or how the big cities do without the farming that occurs in the rural areas. Anyone that actually thinks these big cities could last at the rest of the country are hilariously misguided. This person says the NYPD has about 35,000 uniformed officers with all the necessary equipment to come and take what they need. No, they don't. You morons. They really don't get it. The NYPD can't deal with a bunch of young people linking arms in a park. 35,000 includes support staff who are like middle-aged women filing paperwork and stapling papers together. It's not, it's, they're not talking about every single officer on the ground. Now, I could be wrong about that. Fine. I think my numbers may be off, but not every single uniformed officer is going to be capable of waging warfare. That that morbidly obese 60-year-old guy sitting in an office who is a uniformed officer is not going to be rushing up to the water water main to, to, to stop an armed insurgency. These are the real risks we face and why no one should be talking about how they, you know what, man, this this is what makes me angry. These people posting on this, they, they're, they're complaining about the Boogaloo boys, right? These people are saying, oh, these people, they, they hate America. We should do something about them. What does he say? This person literally posts 
cut off the coastal cities and the red states can do what they want. Do you understand what you are saying? You're being sarcastic because they won't survive. You are saying the same things as the people you're complaining about. That's what they don't understand. That's what makes me scared the most. We do not want that. You do not want this. Nobody should want this. We should want to be able to live peacefully, have conversations and hope law and order prevails to be 100%. But when you have a post about Facebook removing the Boogaloo boys because they're calling for violence or something, and the response is to actually accelerate, they don't realize, they don't realize it. And this is why it keeps happening. Why just the coastal cities, every city, every state, blah, blah, blah. They're jokes. The comments just cut them off, they say. It's the same thing being said by the people you're complaining about. So when both sides are like, oh man, these people are so crazy. Why don't we just cut them off and let them go do their thing? What do you think? Oh man, we're in trouble, man. I'm not, I'm not confident. I was reading an article that said, be, be, beware of the 4th of July. And that's scary. There, there, you've got the mayor of DC saying, stay home. You know, Trump's doing his rally. And now you've actually got the intercept, like a public, you know, lefty publication, calling it racist, calling the 4th of July racist. You got uh, the Democrats literally tweeted it out. There is there is no cohesive worldview on what's happening anymore. And even among the tribal factions, no one really knows for sure. So I can only tell you this, man, get out of the cities and, 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 and don't engage in this stuff. Don't joke about it. It's not funny. It's not funny to say, cut these people off. I will call these people for being dumb because that's exactly what they are. They, they think it's silly to say and actually engage in. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to leave it there, man. Hopefully, hopefully, it's an, hope, hopefully all this is just extreme election year. Hopefully after whoever wins the president, everybody shuts up and calms down and things get better. But I'm not confident, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. And I will see you all then. You know, in the past week or so, I've had a lot of talk saying that I think Trump is on track to lose, but there are still reasons to believe he's on track to win. The other night on the IRL podcast, we talked a bit about this, that the polls may actually still be wrong because they can't accurately capture white men who are not college educated and and white women as well. But there are a couple other reasons I think it's fair to point out Trump may be on track to win because sometimes the experts are wrong. I have a couple stories for this segment. First, I want to show you, uh, I want to highlight this before we actually read the first story. So let me rephrase this. The Washington Examiner writes, are we being set up for another stunning Trump win? And I want to read this later, but they basically mention that it's not the first time we have seen a bombastic president that everybody seems to hate, but for some reason still wins. And they use some some historical references to say Trump may very well win. But I saw this article from an activist website called Left Voice. They said, if there is to be any future for the U.S. left, we must break with Sanders and the Democrats. And as soon as I saw that headline from just the other day, I said, wow, that will be the end of the Democratic Party. And maybe that's what the far left really wants. Now, they could take over the Democrats. But one of the memes that's popped up from conservatives is, oh, you want to get rid of names that are racist? Well, what about the Democratic Party? (laughs) And it's funny because the left is like, okay, yeah, absolutely. We hate the Democrats. This is what you got to realize. They say liberals get the bullet too. They don't like liberals. They don't like me. They think liberals are right wing. They they really do. And then they say classical liberal when they want to qualify that. But here they are straight up saying they need a new party to endorse workers' rights and socialism. I kid you not. What would happen? If Donald Trump really did just have 35% of the vote, but 
the far left and the Democrats split in half. Now you've got 30% far left, 30% Democrat, 35% Trump. And then, of course, a little bit, 5% or so in third parties spread up uh, in different ways. Trump would then win, even though he doesn't have a majority, a simple plurality. Now, Donald Trump didn't get the majority of the popular vote last time. He still won because he got the electoral vote. What would happen if this, 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 this call to action actually works? Let me read a little bit about, about what they say first. And then I want to talk about the historical context about why Trump may be winning. They say, the political reality in the U.S. has changed dramatically in the past three months. Generation Z activists are leading marches against racism and demanding to change everything, rejecting de facto the politics of the two-party system and providing new momentum for the left. What's really funny about this is like the Generation Z are totally conformist. It's like the, the creepiest, uncool thing ever. Look, man, I don't care. I think it's hilarious when Gen Z mocks millennials because I too mock millennials. But that's like anti-conformist. You know what I mean? I guess in not conforming with history, they've decided to conform and they've now joined in their parents. Wow, this is really amazing. man. I got to be honest, like seeing Gen Z people and not every single person in Gen Z, mind you. But I was watching a video showing and I saw a bunch of Gen Z like young people marching and like dancing and singing with cops and stuff. And I'm like, it's, it's traditionally been that the younger generation rebels against the older one. How strange that it is the younger generation is teaming up and falling in line, unable to think for themselves, I suppose. Now, there's, there's, there's arguably some good things there, I guess. It's good that young people are being, you know, I guess, relatively obedient and just obeying their parents. But it's funny. You know, typically the kids rebelled against the adults. Now they're... <laughs> just joining in. That's so weird. All right, here's what they say. But a sector of socialists insist on looping back to the politics of moderate reform. In particular, Jacobin magazine keeps spouting articles praising Bernie Sanders like a broken record, while Sanders in turn is campaigning for Joe Biden. I actually agree with that. How does that make sense? But here's what they ultimately get to right here. They say the DSA is a big tent organization with various currents within it. But reformism is dominant among its leadership. The events unfolding since the beginning of 2020 bring renewed relevance to revolutionary ideas and beg for a reassessment of the Bernie turn, DSA's relationship with the Democratic Party, and the urgent need for an independent party of the working class that fights for socialism. Well, okay. They want to back away. They want to create an independent party. You know what would happen if all of the Bernie people didn't vote for Joe Biden? Trump would win easily. And maybe that's a good thing for Donald Trump. You know what I find really, really phony? Because I, 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 I have friends who are left. I have friends who are right. My lefty friends post these memes. If you don't vote, you're voting for Donald Trump. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I look over to the right-wing person. If you don't vote, you're voting for Joe Biden. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. So if I don't vote, I voted for both of them? Awesome. I'll keep that in mind. Maybe I will vote for both of them. How does that make sense? I mean, that figuratively, not literally. It doesn't make sense. Everyone's just saying, if you don't vote, you vote. No, shut up. <laughs> and to be honest, it's most of the left who says it. It's not really a whole lot of conservatives who are saying that. But maybe, just maybe, Donald Trump will win for other reasons. Are we being set up for another stunning Trump win? The Washington Examiner says, with five months until the election, things couldn't look any worse for the president of the United States. His approval rating is down to 40%. People are getting tired of his antics and the insults he hurls at his opponents. The media is increasingly confident that come November, the voters will elect a new chief executive. This might sound like June 2020, 
But I'm actually referring to June 1948, when President Harry Truman, a Democrat, was running to keep his job against Republican Thomas Dewey. The similarities between 48 and 2020 are striking. Like President Trump, Truman often ruffled feathers with his salty language. At one point, Truman even described Dewey as a fascist, a term not taken lightly just three years after World War II. Just as with Trump, the media described Truman as, a, as desperate and unhinged. They mocked him for more than 8,000 empty chairs at a speech he gave in Nebraska, presaging the coverage of Trump's recent speech in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Almost everyone thought Truman would lose, including the president's mother-in-law. A Newsweek poll reported 50 out of 50 politicos predicting a Dewey victory. And then you remember the famous picture where he holds up the newspaper. Dewey defeats Truman. Of course, he did not. And that's it's really funny because that's what happened in 2016. Remember the magazine got printed? Hillary Clinton president became like a collector's item. But on November 3rd, 1948, the world woke up to the stunning news that Truman had won. Experts were left struggling to make sense of how they got it so wrong. Today, we're seeing poll after poll showing Trump trailing former Vice President Joe Biden in the echo chamber of cable news and social media. There's a growing consensus that Trump is headed for a humiliating defeat. Are the pundits right? Or are we moving towards another stunning win by the beleaguered incumbent? Could history be repeating itself? Maybe. Or maybe it's just, you know, it's, maybe it's not so much repeating itself, but this is the way the system works. People become complacent. They think they know, and they underestimate a disenfranchised voter body. Donald Trump famously lit up voters that didn't vote. He lit up areas that didn't vote places that had never really actually swung in favor of one side or all of a sudden turned red. And that was, that was considered to be remarkable. Now, I can't tell you if we're on track for a historical uh, moment, like a, a repeat of a history. But I do often cite what happened in the UK. Before Donald Trump won, Brexit won. And everyone was thinking like Brexit could never happen. And then it did. Then Donald Trump was, was set for election. And, and they said, yeah, well, it's not going to happen again. No one, no, no one's going to vote for Trump. And then they did. And Trump won. I wonder now if they didn't see it coming, right? So I looked at the polls for December 13th in the UK, when the conservatives had the greatest victory in like 100 years. And the polls said that they weren't going to make it, that they would make some gains, but ultimately would not get the coalition they needed to actually win. It's parliamentary, so it's a bit different. The general idea was they, that the, the, the left, the liberals, would form a coalition stopping the conservatives from passing their agenda and pushing through Brexit. Nope. Nope, not nah, people in the UK went, they went conservative. But everyone thought it wasn't going to happen. The politicos were wrong once again. Are we tracking to follow suit with, with the UK and how they've done it? And could the catalyst be the far left backing away from Biden? I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think this matters so much, the historical stuff. You know, maybe the politicos are wrong. Maybe they're missing something. Maybe what they're really missing is one of two things. White working class voters are riled up more than they've ever been. Places that normally don't vote might come out in droves. Think about it this way. New York City, NY14, where Ocasio-Cortez is, uh, where she represents. 20% of this district votes Republican, about a little bit less. If every single Republican came out and voted, AOC would have lost in 2018. And a Republican who didn't even have a website would be representing in New York. Now that people are being activated, what do you think happens in November in New York 14. Now, I think it's very likely, as I've stated over and over again, as much as the left doesn't want to admit it, AOC is going to win because it's a D plus 29 district. 
But I believe she only ended up getting around 150 or so thousand votes in the general election. And if she's really just so sure she's going to win, makes me wonder if Democrats don't really show up and maybe they will because of Trump uh, to vote, then Republicans, maybe they finally show up and vote. This, this, this is the issue that I think they're missing, that many Republican voters who have been passive for a long time may be activated. One of the ways that I, I described it on the IRL podcast last night, we had uh, like 30, almost 37,000 live viewers, but we only had like 13,000 likes on the video, even though we asked for it. And I said that the issue is, and I, I can point out that if every single person who liked the video hit the like button, YouTube would recommend me to every single person on the platform, basically. I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm exaggerating, but likes really do help. So even though you know we're asking, most people would be like, I love the show, but they wouldn't do it. And that's why you lose. So maybe Donald Trump wins because people, many people now think it's up to me. Don't think someone will vote for you and don't think you can sit idly by. I'll just put it that way. And it's true for Biden. I'm not saying just for Trump, for Biden as well. But I think Trump could win because his base wants to vote. They just want to go and make that and press that button. Maybe that's something that can't be predicted because you just don't understand what lights a fire under somebody. The other main issue, which I highlighted, maybe the left has a fire lit under them as well. And they demand a a new party because the Democrats don't represent them. It's possible the Democratic Party finally fizzles out. Right now, according to Gallup, progressive and moderate Democrats are flipping and the progressives have taken over as the, the as a plurality of the Democratic Party. If many of them, even just 10 percent defect, Trump wins. But I guess we'll see how that plays out. I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. This is a story that I briefly mentioned in my main channel segment over at TimCast.net. If you want to check it out, go do it. Video went up at four, but you're going to love this one. The sheer absurdity of the year 2020 knows no bounds. Will they change the city's name next? Workers remove 22 foot Christopher Columbus statue from Columbus, Ohio, after mayor claimed monument was symbol of patriarchy, oppression and divisiveness. What is wrong with these people? Oh, man. Well, at least I can say that we live in interesting times, because huh? I was talking about how boring everything was, but I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just got to. What? Your city's name is Columbus. That's why you had a statue. You took it down. OK, change the name. Wokesville. Let's call it Wokesville, Ohio from now on. That's what I'm going to say. Wokesville. Here's a story from the Daily the story from the Daily Mail. Well, I got more for you here. It's not just this. They're actually trying to take down the, the, the uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, they're saying it's 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 racist. It's uh, was built on native land. And oh, man, here we go. Great. How about we do this? How about uh, I got an idea. Everybody who was involved in colonizing the North, North America and South America and Australia, and New Zealand, go home. Everybody involved in colonizing it. You can all leave. Oh, what's that? No one alive today was involved in doing it. OK, I got another problem here, you know, because if you were to actually make the argument that colonizers must must be removed, decolonize. Um, first of all, I have I, I, I am not a co- I was born here. So um, I, I, I personally am native to America, but I am not as it's understood to be, you know, Native American, as it were. But the, the, the point here is you would be telling immigrants to leave because they're they're the, they're the ones, you know, coming here and settling. So uh, maybe you want to be careful about how you phrase things. But let's 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 read the story. 
On Wednesday morning, workers spent three hours removing the monument, which has stood outside City Hall for 65 years and was a gift from the city of Genoa, Italy, the birthplace of Columbus. That's just so gross, man. That's really disgusting stuff. This is this is this is pathetic. Hard hats were. Could you imagine them tearing down the Statue of Liberty? Hard hats were seen. We get it. There it is. There's a photo. They just getting rid of it. Did they vote for this? Mayor Ginther's order to remove the statue has caused outrage, particularly among members of the city's Italian community who say they are flabbergasted by the move. It comes as many statues of historical figures have been taken down. You have just guaranteed every single one of these people in your town votes for Donald Trump. I tell you not. I tell you what. Listen, Joe, Joe Biden did say Columbus should stay, but people aren't going to look at that weak statement from Biden. They're going to be looking at the, the rhetoric and Trump saying, stop doing this. And he's been saying it. And they're going to be like, please, can we have our statue back? And I tell you what, Trump will bring it back. I don't know if he can. He doesn't have the authority. But Trump, if he had the authority, would definitely say, put it back. But your city without without your uh, vote or approval has just taken down your city's namesake statue. How stupid is all of this, man? You look, you, you can criticize Christopher Columbus. There's a lot of things to talk about in history. But it, it, these things are a part of history. They exist. Calm down. The Confederate statues I get, those are actually relatively new and don't represent things the you, like we as the victors, you, the union people, the, the union side, we're the union. Like, so we don't like it. You know what I mean? Anyway. Announcing his intention to remove the statue last week, Ginther stated, for many people in our community, the statue represents patriarchy, oppression and divisiveness that does not represent our great city. And we will no longer live in the shadow of our ugly past. Now is the right time to replace the statue with artwork that demonstrates our enduring fight to end racism and celebrate the themes of diversity and inclusion. You may as well put up a giant statue of whatever religious icon you want, because you just said all of the same thing. This is what happens when you don't have a separation of church and state. We don't. It's time to recognize this for what it is. Intersectionalism is a religion. Okay. If they want to put up a statue of Buddha, I have an issue with that too. This is a, this is a historical figure, not an ideological one. All right. But I'm going to pause real quick to give a shout out to today's sponsor, BioTrust. Very simply, BioTrust is a collagen supplement. It's a vital protein your body needs. It helps with your ligaments, your skin, your nails, etc. Check out healthwithtim.com or in the description below, you'll see the link and you can get 51% off while supplies last. Full disclosure, I actually do use BioTrust. I have it right here. I showed this the last time I did a promo. It's got cat bites all over the top. I find that very funny, by the way, because apparently the cats like it. But look, I'll, I'll level with you. I'm a 34-year-old skateboarder, and I'm very concerned about my knees. So I'm definitely grateful that I can get something, a product like this, which will help keep my knees, my joints, skin, etc., healthy. If you want to learn more, check out healthwithtim.com. Again, 51% off while supplies last. But let's get back to the story. By replacing the statue, we are removing one more barrier to meaningful and lasting change to end systemic racism. Yeah, sure. According to Fox 8, the mayor has asked the Columbus Art Commission to launch a community-driven process. We get it. Italian-born explorer became a symbol for America, yada, yada. Joseph Contino, a second-generation Italian-American, told Fox 8 there was a lot of pride in the statue. There's definitely far too much pride to just throw it away. I mean, you need to ask us our opinion. You can't just speak for us or not speak at all to us. I'm a little flabbergasted, a little surprised by it. Also on Thursday, a Columbus statue was removed in Atlantic City, New Jersey, amid fears it would be vandalized. This is such, such stupid. Oh, man. You know what's going to keep happening? They're just tearing down history. They absolutely are. 
I have no problem with voting to remove these things and putting them in museums. I have a serious problem with executives just doing it and people being like, whoa, what are you doing, man? It's part of our community. You want to know where it, co- where, where it goes next? How about this? New York Times, how Mount Rushmore became Mount Rushmore. The South Dakota landmark has drawn criticism over the land it occupies, the main sculptor behind it, and the legacies of the men it memorializes. Here we go. You ready? Mount Rushmore. They want to destroy that one next. I'm not even kidding. So Trump said he wanted to have a 4th of July celebration there. What did the Democrats tweet out? That Trump had a rally glorifying white supremacy at Mount Rushmore. No, they, they deleted it because they realized not a popular opinion. But the New York Times, and I tell you, everybody, I'm warning you, and I'm warning you now. This is the Gray Lady, the paper of record, one of the most prominent newspapers in the world, if not the most prominent newspaper in the world, being overrun by a fringe religion called intersectionalism. And as they take over, they will tell you the things that make up your memories, your history, your, your vacations, your heritage will be nothing. They'll erase it. They'll turn you into a villain. They will erase your history and then we will be doomed to repeat it. It's Mount Rushmore. It was sculpted. It was built. It's actually kind of small. You ever been there? I've been there. It's kind of small. Um, you see these photos and it looks really, really big. But when you actually go to like the, the, the building where you're supposed to go and look at it, it's, it's kind of tiny. It's, a, it's actually, you know, it looks bigger in photos because they get closer, you know, and they can zoom in and stuff. But it's, it's, it's big. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. It's really, really, really big. Well, they want to get rid of this stuff. And here's what I've warned. The far left, I, I do not believe in the law. Well, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to frame this. I believe there's a strong possibility they will lose. And what will end up happening is the rise of far right nationalism. And, and I'm not talking about far right the way the left calls it. I'm talking about legit far right, like hardcore nationalism. I'm talking about, uh, uh, you know, straight up ending immigration, things like this, things that I don't agree with. But the reason why I think that'll happen is you have an overwhelming majority of this country being white. Now, a large portion of them have have taken on the, the, the new religion of intersectionalism. But you also have non-woke minorities, many of whom are Christian, many of whom like this country too. You don't need to be white to recognize what this country represents and why it's a good thing. And that's a fact. I mean, you've got a lot of people across uh, of all different races and backgrounds and even immigrants who love what America symbolizes. And these people aren't going to agree with the woke insanity. So what happens? Well, as they call to tear down things like Mount Rushmore, you will see people shocked and forced into the fray. And they're going to vote for people who defend their memories. As I've explained in the past few videos, and I think it's important to stress, the memories of people you hopping in the backseat of a, of, a, of a station wagon with your parents, and you say, where are we going? And they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, Uncle So-and-So's for a barbecue for the 4th of July. And you don't really know a whole lot about why you were celebrating, you were a little kid, but you do remember having that hot dog, a little bit of relish and mustard on it, maybe. You remember having that burger with some pickles and, you know, some French fries and some vegetables and some barbecue chicken. You remember the fun you had with your family. And it doesn't matter what your race was. Because I remember when I was growing up, I went to barbecue gatherings, uh, Fourth of July festivals, and there were people from all different backgrounds. And sometimes there were corporate events and sometimes there were family events, but they were fun. And I remember being, remember being there with my family. And now they're telling you that those good memories, the nostalgia, the things you loved as a child must be destroyed. Think about how they do movies today. Nostalgia marketing. This is a, this is a very important factor in what, what I think you know, comes to play next or could or could come into play. 
So many companies try to play onto your nostalgia by releasing new versions of really old things. They want, you know, they, 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 they do new Star Wars. They want you to remember that feeling you had as a kid so they can sell it back to you. And that's what they've been doing for a long time. It works. It really does work. They bring back really old things that have no business being brought back. Making, they're remaking The Princess Bride now. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I think it was made before I was born, to be honest. Doesn't, it doesn't need to be remade. But they want, they want it because you're like, oh, I remember this. South Park did an episode about it. It was, it was called Member Berries, where all the bears are like, remember this? Remember that? Now, I think they were more critical of people who are just desperate to cling on to nostalgia. And that's, and that's fair. I mean, I, I think nostalgia marketing can be absurd. But think about that idea of how nostalgia plays into people's desires, that longing for a, for a time that no longer exists, that feeling of home that you lost a long time ago when you moved out and your parents moved out and the house is gone, your apartment's gone. And now think about the things that, that remind you of good times, Mount Rushmore, 4th of July, and how they're threatening to destroy those things. And it's like the last little piece of your, uh, you know, your youth, your childhood, your formative years that you look back on fondly. Not everybody. They're trying to burn that down too. I was, I was reading something once about the feeling of home and how you never get it back. It's not, maybe not true for everybody, but it was interesting because I certainly understood this feeling. There was a feeling that you had when you were growing up, the place that you called home. But at a certain point, you moved out, you moved on, your parents moved, and that home was gone and it will never come back. It'll never come back. Because whatever it was that made that feeling was a collection of things that occurred at that time. It was your parents were there. It was your siblings. Or maybe you were an only child. It was the food you ate. It was the stores you went to. It was the friends you had. And everybody's changed. And now we chase after that feeling of the home we used to have. But it's never coming back. So we try to recreate it. But we don't get it. Maybe some of us, you know, you have kids. You try to recreate it for your kids. But that feeling is hard to find. Maybe some people have figured out how to you know, find it again. But I was reading an article about that feeling. Well, part of that feeling is our, is our history and the things that we hold dear. Now, not all of us are staunch conservatives. I'm actually fairly center left. I took, a, 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 I think it was from Jonathan Haidt's website, the conservatism test. And lo and behold, I'm slightly conservative, but mostly not center left, as it were. And that's because I recognize the importance of our history and our traditions and the things that made us who we are today. But I certainly recognize we need to figure out better ways of doing things. And that means some bad things must go. Not everything from our past must be protected. I think many Americans, including liberals, have a little bit of that inside of them. They understand the value and, and, and they have reverence for you know, certain things they grew up on, you know, seeing. They understand that we're standing on the shoulders of giants. And now we're seeing lunatics want to burn it all to the ground. I believe that is a step too far. And that's what the Democrats deleted that tweet. And that's why I think this may result in a massive backlash and Trump could win better than he's, you know, people could expect. It's hard to know for sure. The media and the polls tell us Trump will lose. But if everybody right now who is scared that that little feeling they have that gives them a smile, that puts a smile on their face, they're trying to take that away from you. They might get angry, an angry, irrational, emotional reaction, maybe not even irrational. Being told that what you remember fondly is bad and evil, I, I imagine will certainly trigger people. I'll put it this way. Think about these woke individuals who are adamant that, you know, racism is everywhere and how angry they get when you say otherwise. The people who absolutely hate Donald Trump. Think about how angry they get when you say otherwise. Now think about the people who love America and don't care about politics and how angry they will get 
when the woke people say otherwise. Maybe that will lead to a massive Trump victory. We'll see how it plays out. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes, and I will see, I will see you all shortly. A video that is going sort of viral shows one of the actual residents of Seattle who was trapped in the Chaz explaining what it was really like. And he said, I don't want to get killed by these Antifa people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But the Democrats said Antifa is imaginary. Then who was it who riddled an SUV with bullets, killing a 16 year old in cold blood? Yeah, it was the far leftists, the Antifa Antifa associated individuals of the Chaz, the Chaz police who fired on a vehicle. And we don't know why. I've seen no evidence to suggest the 16 year old did anything wrong and, and deserved to die in any way. But they did it. They killed him. And the, and, and, and the audio recording. Wow. Apparently. All right, man, this is some gruesome stuff. Apparently, after these these Antifa people at the Chaz fired on this vehicle, it crashed and the 16 year old kid was was lying there dying. Someone said, oh, you're still alive or something like that. And then asked him if they wanted to get pistol whipped. I read and I don't I can't confirm any of this, that he started to beat beat this this unarmed kid who was dying that he had killed. These are horrifying stories, man. And the police said the evidence was scrubbed. They, they went in the vehicle. They took what they could. This is what happens. What do you think the response to this is, to the sentiment? I don't want to get killed by these Antifa people. This guy said he felt like he was a hostage. They had taken over. He was upset. He was left in the dark. He said he said, he said he's somebody who, who owns property there. And he says, quote, I just have to tell you that being a longtime resident here, owner, and very understanding of the political message that was trying to be conveyed. This whole situation has just been totally out of hand. This guy said it was it's just nuts. Let, let, let me just read it. Let me read it. I'm just incredibly discouraged that residents and businesses here, people that have lived here and paid taxes forever and everything continues to cost more. Yet there's no leadership. There's no communication. And that was just incredibly dejecting, discouraging. It's been terrible. It's been loud at night during the day. These people seem to be relatively calm. But I've been down here almost every day and I've seen a lot of weird stuff, a lot of assault weapons, a lot of anger, a lot of drugs and drinking. So it hasn't been a very positive thing. This is the world. This is the country that these lunatics want for you. And what did the Democrats do? I'm sorry, man. It must be said. I don't care about your tribe. I don't care about the Republicans. Republicans suck too. But the Democrats sat back as a bunch of armed extremists took over a portion of the city, killed several people and did nothing. And it was only after five shootings did the mayor actually say, maybe we should close things down and didn't actually do anything. She didn't. She did nothing. You know what finally got her to send in the police? The protesters went to her house. Oh, now all of a sudden she's going to stand up and do something. I kid you not. Governor Inslee could have called the National Guard and now people are dead. A 16 year old black youth was shot with several hundred rounds. According to one witness, the vehicle he was in was riddled because apparently he was joyriding. Now, of course, several of the extremists in the chat says, oh, he was he was firing at us. Well, unfortunately for you, nobody found any evidence that was true. There's no weapon, no shell case. It's nothing proving he was firing at anybody. Some witnesses have come out and said he was joyriding. And so the Antifa extremists unloaded on this car and then mocked him as this kid lay dying. And the Democratic mayor and the governor let it happen. I cannot believe I am literally telling you this right now. The Democratic politicians of Washington allowed armed domestic terrorists to overrun a portion of their city, taking it over with weapons, 
where several people were killed. There you have it. Several people were killed. It was, they were, listen, this, this kid was killed by the Chaz people. So what do you think people are seeing? What do you think they're thinking when they see all this happen? They're, 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 they're saying, for one, these Antifa people are real. And two, lock and load, baby. We got a big update on the gun front. Gun sales surge up 145% in June, smashing all time record. Wow. The Second Amendment has never been stronger. I wonder what these people are going to vote for come November. Do you think that all of these first time buyers who are liberals are now going to rally behind Joe Biden, who brought on Beto O'Rourke, who said, yes, I'm coming for your guns? I don't think so. I think many of these people may have a cognitive dissonance in their brains, but I think many of these people have been, in a sense, shown a light. What it really means when you can't call the police, what it really means when they say defund the police. The Democrats allowed this to happen in Seattle. So now you're going to have to convince me that the Americans who have watched this happen, who are now buying guns in all time record highs, month after month after month, record, record, record. These people, they're just doing it because they finally felt like, you know, I'll exercise my Second Amendment rights. No, I think they watched what happened in Seattle. I think these people realized what the left really wants for them. And they probably realized I do not want to be trapped in a building like a hostage while these dudes walk around with rifles and I can do nothing to stop it. And there's no police. No one will come. And so what are they doing? They buying guns, baby. Mediaite reports, according to FBI data, more than 3.9 million background checks were processed through the Bureau's NICS database in June, a record for the month. The number of checks is an indicator of how many guns are sold. But the correlation isn't precise. Licensed dealers are required to run a check in the database every time they make a sale. Checks are also processed when individuals seek a license to carry a firearm. Sales have been driven by Americans seeking handguns in the midst of, a, of the coronavirus pandemic and uprisings across the country. The boom in handgun sales has been particularly noticeable in recent months. Jurgen Brower, chief economist for Small Arms Analytics and Forecasting, said in June. Brower's firm estimated that gun purchasers acquired 2.3 million firearms for the month, an increase of 145.3% compared to June 2019. The figure includes a 177.5% increase in handgun sales and a 114.3% increase in long gun sales. Why would people want handguns? This is, this is what I was, I was thinking about, because I got to be honest, I went out and bought guns recently. In New Jersey, you got to apply for a permit for a handgun. And so I, I went through all the notions I did. And trust me, I, I'm not going to tell you what I bought, but I bought more than one, which means New Jersey. You know, understand, you understand the rules, one handgun. And I was thinking about applying for permits for handguns. And I thought to myself, what, I, what would you really want it for? I guess because you can conceal it, right? Wouldn't it be, you know, in the, in the uh, event of home defense, there are good handguns. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this, but wouldn't it make a lot of sense just to have long guns or shotguns for home defense? Perhaps. The, the reason I bring this up is that it seems like people are buying more than one handgun. I guess people want handguns for home defense. I'm not going to pretend like I know which one works better. But in my opinion, I was like, you get a handgun, you get long guns, you get what you think makes sense for home defense. And I've seen many people advise shotguns. So I'm curious as to what the point of the handguns are. The point is, there are a lot of people buying weapons. There's a lot, there's a lot to consider politically. 
and practically from this. The one practical consideration I would say is uh, a lot of people getting weapons who aren't going to know how to use them like we saw in St. Louis, and that can be worrying. But the political application, uh, the political consideration is that these people I can't imagine are now going to vote for gun control legislation. The people who are saying ban it all. No, these people want to go buy it. So who are they going to vote for? The people who are pro 2A. Does this mean Democrats will now have to start adopting pro Second Amendment stances because regular people now own guns? First time buyers? Yes, it does. A lot of people who never bought guns before now own them. So when they come and they say, we want to put restrictions on you, we want to take your weapon away, there are going to be a lot of people who say no to this, people who normally wouldn't have, people who will now go out, go out and vote for a Republican. They say gun sales routinely hit record highs under former President Obama, often when the president threatened regulatory crackdowns. Sales fell briefly after Trump's 20, 2016 election, but hit another record in 2019 when 28.3 million background checks were con- conducted. A total of 19 million 180,000 background checks were processed during the first six months of 2020, putting the country on track to set a new record this year. Yeah, unless all insanity, you know, just chaos ensues. I've read a lot of articles, man, and I'm stunned by how many people are predicting like the end is nigh. I've talked about some kind of civil war, I guess, but to act like I know what's going to happen. No, 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 no. I, I, I speculate. I think violence and escalation is likely. I don't know what'll happen. Will it be November? Will it be in three days for the 4th of July? I don't know. But I have seen some people say, beware the 4th of July. And that to me is freaky. You know, there's going to be a lunar eclipse on the 4th of July. Come on, what's up with that? It's almost like somebody's messing with us, right? How could all of this be happening? COVID uh, is is slowed by Black Lives Matter, but spread by anti-lockdown protesters. How does that make sense? It really doesn't. Then they tell us we can't have a 4th of July. We got a lockdown, but we can protest. And I'm thinking this is nuts. Now they're saying Mount Rushmore's got to go. And then I'm hearing on the 4th of July is it's called the full buck moon. It's apparently going to be like the darkest. (laughs) Oh, man. Seems crazy, doesn't it? I've been talking to some uh, uh, some other pundits, personalities, you know, about what's going on because of the commentary I've heard from some of them. And a lot of them are making jokes about us being in a simulation. And and I'm like, the reaction is kind of like, you know, looking around like, it's weird what's going on, man. It's almost getting biblical. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting any conspiracies or weird things like that or religious stuff. But you're going to tell me there's going to be a, a, a lunar eclipse on the 4th of July while all this is going down? 145% increase in gun sales? What? What is all this? It's really weird times, man, to say the least. I'm going to get out of here. But I'll either see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. or tonight live 8 p.m. over at uh, YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL for the IRL podcast I do with my buddy Adam and friend Lydia. So I will see you then if you want to hang out. Thanks for hanging out.